Hi. Hello, how are you? Hello. Should we tell the truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, this is hard. They made me cry. Couldn't imagine talking about it. It's how we feel. <laughs> the thing is, it comes from the heart. And it is also worth it. Hi, my name's Tess, and welcome back to the Care South podcast. Harmony Week celebrates Australia's cultural diversity. It's all about inclusiveness, respect, and a sense of belonging for everyone. Values we try to uphold at Care South. Today, we'll be chatting to some of our staff about their heritage and what it means to live in such a diverse country. If you'd like to know more or find events near you this Harmony Week, you can head to www.harmony.gov.au. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I would love you to introduce yourself, um, your name and what you do here at Kesath. Okay, um, my name is Adian Rezaj and I am an IT help desk officer. My name is David Allman and I'm a recruitment caseworker with Care South and I've been with Care South for the last 10 years and I've actually been in Australia for the last 10 years. So my name is Noga Bertram and I've uh, been the um, Illawarra Champions Coordinator for a couple of years now. Before that I was uh, in the um, Champions Program in Nowra and before that, supervised contacts. So I've been 12 years in Care South. Amazing. Can you tell me uh, where you grew up? I am from Iraq. Um, I spent my childhood there. I grew up there as well. Um, but I left like 16, 15 years old when I left Iraq. Then uh, I came here in 2005. Yes, so it's, it's a bit of a sort of a, a rambling journey, but I, I was actually born in uh, the southwest of England uh, in a small seaside resort. And then till the age of about nine, I lived in Stroud, which is in Gloucestershire. So the nearest place to that that people might know is Bath, which is very famous. So it's quite a rural area. It's called the Cotswolds. Um, very, very much in the country. And then because my family was originally from Manchester, when I was about nine, they decided that they wanted to move back up to Manchester. So we moved back to Manchester. So I lived in Manchester till from the ages of about nine or 10 to 18 when I went off to university. And you said you left 10 years ago. Yep. So previous to the 10 years yep. for leaving, were you still just in England? Yes, so um, after I left, Manchester, I went to Hull, which is a, a small city on the northeast coast of England. And then after that, I went down to college in London when I was about 22. And I lived in London in different locations right up until um, I came to Australia. So I grew up in Israel in a very small community called a kibbutz. It's, um, there are about 250 communities like this in Israel. And um, it's like a commune kind of the closest thing that I can describe it, it's like a commune. So everyone working and getting an equal wage and the children all grow together. Um, yeah. And where did you, when did you leave? 
I left Israel when I married my husband 41 years ago, when I was 20. Yeah. So how many years is that? Many, many years. Many, many but years. I've been back since then. So I've been back to, we lived 12 years in Israel. 16 years ago, we lived 12 years in Israel. So we, we had stunts going back and forth. So some of our children born there and some of our children born here. And how yeah. many children do you have? We have three children, three, three children. adult children. Um, and I'm a grandma now of two two kids, two baby girls, beautiful baby girls. Yeah. And who else is in your immediate family? So, so my husband, Johnny, he was traveling and that's how we met. He came to the kibbutz to volunteer and that's how we met. And he's got his family here, all his families here, brothers and sisters. And um, well, his mom and dad passed away. Um, and from my side, it's only my oldest daughter and her husband that are, that are here now, and the baby, the baby girl. Yeah, so we're not a very big family. And the rest of my family is all in Israel. My dad, my sisters, uh, and two of my children are now in Israel. So, Are they still living in the same area? Or yeah. have they moved? They're not living on the kibbutz. My dad's still on the kibbutz, yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad's still on the kibbutz. Um, and my youngest and my son living in not far from Tel Aviv, yeah, live close to each other. So in my immediate family growing up was my mum, who was a teacher, and my grandparents, who had run um, a corner shop, like the corner shop in Coronation Street, uh, for many years. And then when they retired, they joined me and my mum, and we grew up up together initially in Gloucestershire. Me, my two brothers with their family, like wife and children, and um, and mum. Are you the youngest? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the youngest. What's different about where you live now compared to where you grew up? Huh. Very, very different. So I grew up in a community of um, 600 people, so knew most of them. It's like an extended family, big, big, big family. And very simple life, children very much. Uh, held on a pedestal like everything done for children. However, we, we were quite, um, we were demanded to work from a very young age, co- contribute to the community. So work was kind of a religion, you work and, but life is beautiful, beautiful nature around us, always taking trips in nature, um, which is, that's the similarity of where I live now because I still live close to nature. So that's my kind of link to where I live now, where. Uh, I didn't live near the ocean like this, but um, I still find comfort in going to nature and being close to nature mm. and live a kind of simple life. Mm. And community means a lot to me, so I had to create my communities here. Mm. And um, yeah, always community is very important to me, always been. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I guess I was thinking about when I read the questions, uh, questions about what are my communities. So I do have little um, communities like my practice, my Buddhist practice, my um, choir, work, friends from work. It means a lot to me, like creating those little connections. And yeah, I have a little bit of ties with Israeli people. That's my closest friends. Um, Yeah, so little communities that are kind of linked together. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose if I was looking at when I was younger, when I was in the countryside, it was I mean, I live in Indilawara, and it, it, it's quite similar to that, really. It's, just, it's a quieter pace. Of, it doesn't feel like it for people here, I don't think, but it is a quieter pace of life. 
I think that if I think about living in London, um, which is a hugely multicultural city, then there's been a huge sea change moving from, particularly the area, I was living in an area called Brixton, which is a, which is has a very high, um, has a large amount of, it's got a very large Afro-Caribbean community. Um, so coming to the Illawarra, of course, I just noticed it didn't, I mean, there is a lot of different cultures here, but it wasn't as obvious and it wasn't as in plain sight as it was then. Um, we used to have a mayor in London and he used to say that London was the most multicultural country in the world because there was like six million people there. So he said it's the size of a country and the amount of different races you see there and cultures is huge. So coming here was a difference and um, I did notice that. It is funny actually because I remember my daughter went to the local primary school. I think that difference for her was probably more profound. She went to the local primary school in Brixton. So all the way through preschool and for the first three years at primary school, she was probably the only white child in her class. So when she came to the school here and we said to her, what, how did you find your first day? She said, oh, it's really good, it's really good. But, and then she looked really worried. She said, but, but there are no black people. And it actually was disconcerting to her that there were no black people because that was what she knew. As a sort of an afterthought for my story, my son was in the room at the time and he just started preschool. And he said, um, he heard, he said, oh, there's lots of colour at preschool because uh, Jimmy had a blue shirt on today and um, Peter had a red one. Which sort of <laughs> says how we have different, we look at these things slightly differently when we're younger. Different know? perspectives. Yes. The differences, um, well, language is different, it's very different. Um, some of the laws and driving here is different. We used to drive on, like the driver on the left, not the right. Um, Did you know any English when you came here? No. No, not at all. None. None. <laughs> how is how did you find that when you came here? Oh, it's a bit challenging. Um, but I went to like English courses once I in in Sydney. Um, I I did two years learning English and then went to high school year eleven and twelve. I did as well. Wow. Yeah. So did you do the English course separate to school? Yeah. Okay. It was like a, it, it's in a school mm. itself, but it's a separate area mm. where you used to learn English. Yeah, and I did it for two, one year, two years actually. Yeah, and then I did eleven and twelve at school. Mm, at school, amazing. And then went TAFE, and then after that went to uni for one year, but I dropped it. And yeah, um, did you? Why did you drop out of uni? Just because, did you find a job or was it? It's a, it was a bit hard. The course I used to, I, I went to, to do is like a primary school teacher. It was a bit hard. And then I had my first child as well. So it was challenging between like having a baby and a uni. It's just, I couldn't do it. Did you do education at TAFE as well or? I did, I did um, children's services. I did um, certificate three diploma and then yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, how did you come to be in in IT in IT <laughs> from that? Yeah, I worked in uh, in mobile phone shop, so I know a lot of things about mobile, and then 
fix, fixing your phones, setting up our phones. So yeah, and I come here as like IT, but mainly on like a phone stuff. Yeah, cool. That's amazing. So it's it's amazing that you did your education somewhere else, but you managed to find your way into a job yeah. that was that was different. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. So that's really that's really cool. <laughs> If you were going to cook a meal that reminded you of your heritage, what would it be? So, yeah, I was going to say like falafel and hummus because we do that a lot. Mm. But recently, since my daughter's pregnancy, I found that she was craving the matzo ball soup. So I've been doing this a lot, matzo ball soup. And it's very simple and very kind of um, comfort food. So very clear, beautiful, clear soup with dumplings in it. So we've been doing it a lot and coming to Passover. Passover is next week, so that's a traditional Passover meal. So we'll be doing it again. <laughs> so yeah. Can you talk a little bit about Passover and and? Uh, I don't look. I'm not. I'm not a religious Jew. Mm. Uh, all Jewish holidays are about how uh, little we were, and how everyone else were really big and threatening, and how we fought and how we won, little against. So and and then so we celebrate and we eat. Yeah. So the matzo ball is to uh, symbolize the. Um, exodus of the uh, Jewish people from Egypt and they didn't have time for le leavened bread so they have unleavened bread which is not made with yeast or anything so that's a matzo that uh, you eat traditionally for Passover and you make everything for matzo so matzo become your flour because you're not allowed to use flour yeah. so that's what the, the matzo balls are made from the crushed matzo so it's about freedom it's about uh, freedom it's about uh, um, it's about um, finding your identity as a nation, I guess, and as about a person. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's um, so we when we celebrate Passover, um, we kind of talk about freedom, what it means to be free, and what it means to be uh, to practice any kind of practices in a free country, which I feel very very lucky to be part of. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I think. Without a doubt, it would be fish and chips. Uh, I mean, I don't have fish and chips. I know the fish and chip shops here are really good, and I know that they sell a much greater variety. They're much more interesting than fish and chip shops in England. But it's been very rare that I've found fish and chips like I find in the north of England. A huge slab of haddock, absolutely brilliant batter, um, chips, mushy peas in a little cup, cup of tea that you can stand your fork up not your fork your teaspoon in mm. and for me that that is my slice of england that i really really miss one of the slices of england that i really miss there you go if you go back do you always so it? i had to funnily enough funnily enough actually i had to go back for about three weeks because my mum wasn't very well a couple of years ago and because i was in the house all day my mum said why don't you just go out and i'll just go out and eat out somewhere so i either went to the fish and chip shop and I went virtually every other night to the field. Or there was a local pub that had a carvery and I do like a carvery. So I'd go and have the carvery or fish and chips. Same thing for three weeks. Absolutely brilliant. Never sick of it? No. Do you do your vinegar and... Vinegar. Always got to put vinegar on your chips. Do you do the... Is it the curry sauce? That... I don't do curry sauce and I, even as a kid there was this thing called scraps. Mm. Do you know what scraps are? No. So scraps is when you go in there as a kid for free because they've got any scraps and it's all the batter that they sort of hoover off the top and they stick it down the side and you could just have a bag of batter and they just give it to you. And you go, have you got any, got any, got any scraps, mister? <laughs> healthy. Give it to you. Healthy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very healthy. Okay, um, 
like I've got too many reels in my mind. I've got um a dolma that is um like a vein leaf and it's stuffed with rice and stuff as well. Um it's not Iraqi dish, Iraqi Iraqi dish, but it we've got like Lebanese can do it, Syria can do it as well. But um every country they have their own way to do it. Um, with our way is just rice and vegetables like eggplant, zucchini. We dice it very small and put it together. But with their way, is it's only like rice and mint and stuff. So it's it's a bit different taste, very different. Um, yeah, I like to do that, and I do it every weekend, sort of. Not every weekend, but yeah, sort of. Yeah. My kids love it. Yum! That's yeah. so delicious. Um, why why that dish in particular to you like it's just um it's just when we do it we have to be together like as a family we can't eat it like each one by 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 themselves um i remember when you used to be in iraq my mom used to be a used to do a big big pot of that and she used to we have to, we have my auntie's over we have my sister over so we get together yeah we did it amazing yeah so that's why it kind of feels important yeah. to you in a way yeah and do you do it with your kids now yeah yeah, yeah. so nice yeah, they do it with me as well <laughs> i teach them <laughs> yeah <laughs> i bet they absolutely love it do you feel like you've found a sense of belonging in australia um yes i do um it's quite ironic we're having this conversation now because it is just I think it's two weeks is my 10 year anniversary of working at Care South so probably around today is about 10 years that I actually arrived in here to, arrived here to live um, my birthday also is in four weeks so when I arrived here I was just coming up to my 50th birthday party and I remember very well that I was planning a big party in London with lots of friends and then because this was a very quick turnaround was coming here, we had to cancel the party. And when I had my party here, it was probably just a few people who knew from Sydney, family and friends from England. At the one bar Ebola, there was probably about 12 of us because we didn't know anybody mm. in Wollongong at all. Um, you know, 10 years later, you know, we're going to have a party to celebrate um, being in Australia, but also to celebrate my 60th birthday. And, you know, because of COVID restrictions, we're limited to 50. And I just think that says a lot about, you know, sort of embedding yourself in a local community. I do feel like I'm in a local community and it takes time to find, you know, the people who are like you, I suppose. Um, you don't have that longevity of friendship, maybe that you've had with people before. So that's something I miss. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you think about you, you literally drop yourself into community, you don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it says a lot for the sort of people who live around here that you know we've been able to make those friendships and friendships that we trust and people will do things for us and help us out and have helped us out and um but also people we can just have a, you know a very nice relaxed time with i do think i mean it is interesting it's that whole idea of like you know two countries separated by a common language mm. so there is there are differences just because we speak the same language does not make us the same and i always feel i always felt feel that so you, it when we first got here it took a while to adjust um even silly things like how do we behave around barbecues in England? It's a, you know, 
as you probably know, English barbecues are a joke. Um, but here there's a sort of an etiquette, really, with lots of men buzzing around it and trying to work out where you fit into that when you've mm-hmm. never done that before is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I like football, soccer, I believe. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's been something I've missed. Um, but, you know, we've got cable TV, so yeah. <laughs> I don't miss it that much. You know, um, go on. But the community around the football is something that is different over here. Oh, what's been interesting is actually, funnily enough, so when you come to a new country, what what is your access to the country? And of course, having children is your access. Mm. That's how you meet people. I can't imagine how we would have met people if we'd just come without children. So I do remember sitting around a park with my kids when we first got here. That's how I met the first people we knew. And then through soccer and then through whatever other activities they might be doing. And that is how you do it. But that's sort of a worldwide way of how you connect with people, really. And I think that was probably our intro. And some people are still with us as friends and some people aren't. But we've got friends who we've known for like 10 years and they're they're still with us. So that's, you know, that develops over time. It's good. Do you find that you found a sense of belonging in Australia? Yeah. And how do you think you find that sense of belonging? It's like when you find acceptance, like they, you can do your culture, you can experience your culture, you can experience your religion. Um, I'm a Mandayan, like it's similar to Christian as well. Um, we are very, very old religion. Um, we baptize in a river, so we can do it here. We can do it in Sydney. We have the, our own place. We have our, our own kind of church. Um, and yeah, there's nothing we, we can't do, so it's nice in here. That's so nice, that's beautiful. Mm. Um, and so your family is, is all part of that religion as well? Yeah. yeah. I think I have now, it took me a while, but I think it's, it's what ties person to their communities, like, yeah, small things like your groups, your, your groups you identify with, so for me it was my Buddhist practice and um, the choir because I love singing and my Israeli kind of group and yeah just finding my my feet where yeah and, and through work also I must say like it's been well I've been in Kersar 12 years now so it's it's definitely giving me an anchor and finding lovely people to connect with and mm. yeah so I think that's what makes a person and also yeah like making friendships in your neighborhood and yeah, it's just a matter of, it takes time mm. and it, it did feel strange in the beginning but mm. um, it does feel more like home now. What were the kind of like challenges in that beginning when you said it took a while to sort of find? Yeah, I think it's a difference in culture, mm. a big difference in culture um, and you know, it's, yeah, it's, I think people are people everywhere but different um, ways people connect um, it's it's different and you have to kind of adjust to the differences for example um, I think people in Australia are more fierce about their privacy uh, where Israelis are completely over the other side and so it's it's just a matter of time adjusting to the those differences and finding um, allies you know finding people that you and I guess a lot of my friends are European that are closer to my, I feel like more affinity with their culture and yeah, things like this. But I guess Australians are so diverse that you find, you know, yeah, 
a lot of different people and I think that's beautiful finding a lot of different cultures yeah, yeah. I feel like that's exactly what this week is about and Harmony Week celebrating where people come from and kind of celebrating that celebrating the differences but also the commonalities so we're kind of com like common as human beings like we have the same like saying my Buddhist, Buddhist group we have a Swedish Slovenian Fijian um, a Chinese person from Brunei me uh, just to name a few, but we are very, very multicultural little group. In, mm -hmm. We are just a group of ten, and all these persons. Oh, we've got new Italians in our group now, like <laughs> newcomers to Australia, and Japanese, and, and Norwegian. So, but when we talk to each other, it's like we all go through the same things with our children, with our families. Like, so I think finding the commonalities is is very important to appreciate. Like we human beings just humans to humans mm. and yeah that's yeah I think that's really true about this day that it's celebrating their commonalities the, the differences but the commonalities As too well yeah beautiful okay thank you so much thank you appreciate thanks. your time thank you yeah okay thanks very much and um, happy harmony week thank you Thanks for listening to our Care South podcast today. If anything has triggered you, head to our website, caresouth.org.au forward slash the Care South podcast for helpline information, along with show notes, resources, and previous episodes.